0: Welcome to Small Business, Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Ike Kehal is the CEO of Social 27, a virtual events platform that can run huge events and yet personalize the experience for each user. Social 27 was actually the platform used for the COP26 climate summit. Thank you very much for being my podcast guest today, Ike.
1: My pleasure, Liz. Uh, Thank you for having me.
0: Now, you're the CEO of Social 27. But before we talk about that, tell me something about your previous career and and how you got started.
1: Certainly. So I actually um, worked in a few technology companies before I started Social 27. Uh, the biggest time I guess I spent was at Microsoft um, I was in a in a uh, working in corporate in uh, Seattle and in a worldwide role so pretty much found myself uh, traveling two weeks out of four mm. all across the globe you know so that um, kind of gave me a lot of experience in understanding business across the world um, was doing a lot of events as part of my job um, you know so I just uh, was excited about the possibilities um, you know that, events kind of do, uh, bringing communities together, but also found lots of challenges uh, and or things that could be done better. Uh, and that was something which then I kind of left Microsoft with was to start a uh, company which focused on collaboration, uh, pretty much in the business to business space. Mm. Uh, you know, and event certainly was uh, an area that uh, we ventured into. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of like some of the past um, before I started Social 27.
0: So after you left Microsoft, I know you had some other ventures of your own, some of the businesses before Social 27. What what did those businesses do?
1: Yep, so I had the company Social 27 all throughout. But, yes, I did, you know, try to do some other things as well. In the meantime, uh, you know, I did uh, go back to India because I'm from India, actually, I spent 20 years of my life there in the beginning. And um, so... You know, I did do a retail venture there with somebody I knew just to kind of get understanding of that Mm. new world that, you know, the economy of uh, that side of the house. And then uh, I came back to the US and we did some mobile apps as well. Again, pretty much focused on the collaboration space of connecting people together. Um, So these experiences, uh, I guess, kind of gave me a good grounding of being an entrepreneur because, you know, yes, you learn a lot in Microsoft uh, you know, but the resources, uh, that are available to you are, you know, in many cases, uh, unlimited slash, mm. you know, there is a lot of resources available, uh, versus when you're an entrepreneur, um, by yourself, you know, you have to somehow figure things out. And so some of these experiences, uh, and some of these ventures really helped me kind of ground myself and understand how to build business, um, and certainly what not to do because, you know, mm. yeah, I did make some mistakes here and there and, um. I'm glad I uh, was able to uh, visualize where the things were going and in those both those cases, um, you know, cut my losses and moved on. Yeah. You know, and that's what kind of helped set the foundation of uh, Social 27.
0: So, when did Social 27 actually start?
1: I mean, honestly, <laughs> the company was registered back in 2007, but uh, business wise, we started things around 2014, 20, 2013, 2014 range. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's when we kind of came out with our first version of our virtual events platform. It was hybrid, obviously, at that time. Mm. There was nothing only virtual. Uh, we were doing summits like Dell World, uh, which is the Dell's you know, annual summit, and a bunch of work for Microsoft and SAP, mostly technology companies. Um, we did that for a couple of years, um, and then we kind of went more towards learning and training kind of stuff. Uh, events, per se, and this goes back to another topic you had talked about earlier, which was around like, you know, how was it before, you know, uh, the pandemic mm. and so forth. And so I think it's a good segue into that. Um, before, I would say, 2019, um, a lot of these experiences, I think we were a bit early to the market, yeah. um, you know, and the main reason for that was that streaming was really expensive so it's only very few companies who could do it and they could also not do it all the time and they would only do it for like the very very big events so the 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 pool of you know people who really wanted to do something of this kind was very small and it was still very expensive to get this done but over the years i think what has happened is that the streaming costs have gone down tremendously yeah. and then on the other side uh, what also happened is that um, more and more people are more comfortable in front of the camera now, yes. as compared to like five, six years ago, right? So I think it's uh, some of those factors, which, and again, we can go deeper into any of those um, areas which you feel, but that, those are some of the some of the differences between, you know, the time, uh, I would say before 2016, 2017, and then after, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, the, um streaming is just so much more accessible now than it was back when you started like you say it sounds like you were a little bit before your time in a way
1: very much so um yeah i mean as i said it was possible but it was expensive and then uh, all the attendees at all these events you know they did not have the right device and or the right bandwidth you know so the experience wasn't as good and that's the reason why it never took off the way it was supposed to Mm -hmm. um so that's why we kind of pivoted more towards learning and training which was um, not necessarily live streaming, was more pre-recorded content, which was, you know, which, which still could be delivered uh, without hitch. So we did that for a few years. Um, and then in 2019 is what I refer to as our R&D year, our research and development year. Um, this was a kind of a quantum shift that was, that was happening across the world, not just in the business-to-business space, but just how people consume content in regular lives you know, so, um, again, what are events, right? Events are consuming content mm-hmm. and collaborating slash networking. That's what an event is. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at, um, what were people doing in terms of consuming content in their daily lives? And so you, you know, you see things like Spotify, uh, YouTube, Netflix, yeah. uh, and so forth. And, you know, people, that's how people are consuming content and actually enjoying it. Um, and the, the one, um you know one red thread which kind of binds all this together was the fact that yes first of all yes there was a lot of content but secondly you didn't just have to search for you know it for hours the system understood you and gave you recommendations on what it thinks that you might like Mm. and that has been i guess the biggest reason why people do spend a lot of time on a lot of these networks because they watch one thing and then the next you know um uh recommendation is equally yeah. good and or better and so yeah. like oh yeah that sounds interesting let me check that out as well so that is this whole personalization piece has become so big a part of our daily lives from consuming content from meeting people on linkedin and or on social media where the system keeps on recommending amazing people to us mm-hmm. and then also in our daily lives you know when we go to so many of these restaurants these days you can you know Pretty much customize what you want to eat, you know, and so um, all of these factors, this personalization and customization that people do in their daily lives, was something that we wanted to bring into the business world as well, um, and really give the attendee uh, at an event the ability to uh, have the experience, you know, mold according to what they want versus. The traditional event where for the lack of a better example i kind of compare it to herding sheep from one <laughs> room to the other yeah you know and so the attendees i mean there's thousands of people in attendance and they all are very smart and intelligent have a lot of things to say but they just sit there you know looking at the one person on the podium you know and that is i think such a waste of such a lot of uh, amazing intelligence so for us it was put the attendee in the center let the system help them find what they're looking for the relevant experiences and then somehow once they've had those experiences some of that learning really allow them to become part of the dialogue so that the we can somehow harness the collective intelligence of everyone at the event versus the chosen few who are the speakers mm. right so that was the premise you know with which we've kind of built the the new um, generation of our events experience
0: yeah so who is your platform primarily for who are the sort of businesses and the kind of people that are using it
1: um i you know it's all over the place um our customers one of our biggest customers is the united nations Mm. and we are very proud to say that we were the platform that was um used for the Global Climate Change Conference, COP26, that happened in Glasgow last November. Wow. You know, and yeah, it was the biggest event that happened, you know, in terms of hybrid, uh, 190 countries, 110 heads of state, actually 150 heads of state. And everybody who's who was present um, and thousands of people connected from across the world online. And it was the biggest, um, should I say, I mean, you know, more could have been done, but I think it was a lot that got done Uh, and the biggest uh, set of uh, agreements since the Paris Accord. So we were very honored to be, to to have enabled that experience. So that's like one example, like, so that's, you know, UN, um, you know, more and less in the, uh, you know, organizations that are focused on causes and so forth. Um, We also have customers like Microsoft and, um, you know, uh, other companies of tech companies of that kind. We also serve Um, companies like Duracell also serve companies like um, Norwegian Cruise Lines uh, right also to smaller industry associations you know so it's really uh, all sorts of customers but I would say the majority of my customers are certainly in the upper mid market and the enterprise space so Mm. mid to large size companies are the majority of my customers. Yeah
0: so what kind of impact did you see when the pandemic happened and do you think that we would have moved more towards a virtual way of working anyway without the pandemic
1: i that's a very good question and you know uh, i think the so-called digital transformation mm-hmm. was supposed to happen uh you know but it just happened you know what was supposed to happen in maybe 4 years happened in 4 months yeah you know and uh, we were all kind of thrown into it and we all figured it out uh, pretty fast uh, you know so uh, and it became more of a digital disruption instead of a transformation because mm-hmm. that's how it happened so i think the the biggest um i mean yes it's i mean we, we had just come into market in early 2020 with our new platform we were getting interest from companies but obviously around march april uh 2020 it we just things just skyrocketed and we were getting like literally 50 calls a day you know from people who were ready to go. Like right now, I mean, the average sales cycle in the enterprise is four to six months and we were closing sales in like five days, hmm. you know, so it was a very different world, you know, and, um, we were very, um, you know, uh, I mean, we could help our current customers as well as help a lot of the other customers who really needed this because so for business continuity reasons. And so I think we, we're really glad that we had an option and a solution available for our customers to continue business during those times. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think the adoption of, um, technology by individuals, like everybody's got a microphone now, everybody's got Mm -hmm. a nice camera on their computer now. So that has changed the whole game, you know? So I think, um, that's been certainly the reason why Mm -hmm. I feel that, you know, um, these are, this this these experiences are here to stay they've kind of become part of it's not something that's like oh it was just in the pandemic but it's just become the new normal now
0: yeah yeah i mean you said at the start you were talking about um the job that you used to have where you flew all over the place to different events do you think anybody will have a job like that again
1: i think there will be jobs like that and i am also looking forward to doing some of that again so i'll tell you the, the, the the reason why I think that people will always still want to meet in person, yeah. um, you know, and again, it just kind of goes back to us being, you know, at a cave and dancing around the fire and <laughs> talking about, you know, all those things. And it's just who human beings are. They want to collect and, you know, and be together, but, um, the conversation will change and, or, um, I think it'll, what we are trying to do is uh, create more relevant experiences. Mm. So for example, I have, you know, got, I don't know, a few hundred customers over the last couple of years. I have not met more than 5% of them in person. And there was no way I could have done these sales uh, pre-COVID without having five or six in-person meetings with these people. You know, so I think uh, what has happened now is that um, a lot of that intro stuff, you know, hi, who are you and what do you guys do? Should all happen online because mm-hmm. there's no reason to meet in person for that because yeah. it might not go anywhere, yeah. you know. And then after that, once you've established something, you've shown them the demos of what you do, and you've all come to an understanding of where this needs to go. Sure, at that stage, it's great to go and have a you know quick in person meeting and you know just really get to know each other, you know, um, and start the the thing. So I think people would be meeting more now to actually sign a deal versus an introduction. Yeah. So that really helps, first of all, with costs and time savings, but also more, just more relevant uh, experiences. And I think that is where the future will be, uh, at least for my generation. But on the other side, um, my son, you know, he plays all these games on his, and he's seven, he plays these games on his laptop, Mm -hmm. uh, tablet, Roblox, you know, uh, and things of that kind. And those worlds, I mean, he's born into this stuff so yes. for him yes he's just fine with you know probably never meeting anyone you know? so <laughs> the point is it's just uh you know I, I guess yeah my generation at least i mean i'm in my 40s right now so i think my generation at least would still want to meet in person probably um i don't know about you know the people who are my son's age and mm. or their teens right now like what they will do um but yes, I guess that's my opinion of that, yeah.
0: <laughs> so tell me about, about networking on your platform and uh, and how that works.
1: Certainly, so again, um, you know, when we go to any kind of an event, right, so the first thing is to certainly look forward to learning from the best minds in the, in the industry, mm-hmm. you know, the chosen speakers. Uh, we learn some things from them. Once you are excited and sparked in our minds, and the next immediate thing on our mind is, okay, uh, I would love to discuss this with my peers, you know, and see if somebody has done something or share some best practices and so forth. Like that's what we call networking, mm-hmm. right? So and at that stage, even if you are in a small event of like 50, 60 people, um, it becomes a little overwhelming because you look around the room, you're like, huh, where should I start?
0: Yes. you know, yeah. and,
1: and imagine when you're at a regular conference where there's thousands of people, yeah. Uh, most people just do more like a spray and pray, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas it's like, I'm just gonna bump into a few people and maybe something's gonna work. I've got a lot of business cards and at least one contact will work, you know? So that's sad because, you know, we traveled all the way there, we've spent all this money, uh, time and everything else. And you know, the expectation is so low. So for us, I think the biggest thing there is the system knows all the attendees. And you know knows everything about a lot of things about the attendees, not just their registration information, but also knows their what have they been up to inside the event. You know, so uh, you know we are able to then find uh, like-minded people and/or people who are interested in similar stuff, and we give those as recommendations. You know, to our attendees, like hey, you know, based upon your areas of interest, here are some recommendations. And then, you know, where, you know, the the people that they end up liking more, then we start giving them more like recommendations, just like how Spotify would recommend music. Hey, you love this song. There's a million other people who love this song, but they also like this one other song. You know, so it's just the same kind of a concept. Um, You know, so that has really helped kind of create those, um, you know, experiences which are again more relevant. Uh, We also have something called Hello World, which is like a 30 second Instagram, TikTok style video introduction Mm -hmm. so again you know everybody's got a camera now just get in front of your camera like hi my name's ike you know i'm all about virtual events would love to talk to anyone who's interested in the space blah 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 you know so that again is kind of like a video handshake and so you can sift through those videos just like you would sift through you know content on instagram through hashtags and stuff you know and find interesting cool people Uh, rather than just bumping into people and being like, huh, who are you and where are you from? It's better is to kind of Mm -hmm. get a bit of of an intro who they are, and if you see interest, you know what, start a video call with them. You know, so that's kind of the experiences, again, all focused on understanding who you are, what are you looking for, giving you recommendations, and once you sift through those recommendations, giving you very easy ways to see who these people are and then connect with them right away, right? Yeah. So that's the premise behind the whole thing.
0: Yeah. So your system kind of takes some of the um, the randomness out of who you might meet at a, at a conference.
1: Absolutely. Again, I always use this, uh, you know, this kind of a thing like you know, nobody wants to kiss a hundred frogs to find the <laughs> prince or the princess, right? So it's not a good experience, but that's the experience in most networking, you know, situations. Mm-hmm. A, um, It's not like buyers don't want to buy, sellers don't want to sell. It's just the friction and the time it takes to find the right match, right? So that is what we are trying to help, you know, our customers with is to do that hard work for them. And, you know, at least not the one match, but at least give them 10 frogs to kiss versus 100, right? (laughs) So, I mean, that's the, yeah.
0: Yeah. So your recommendation engine, which you've just been talking a bit about, obviously makes your platform a bit different from other event platforms, and and there are quite a few virtual event platforms now, particularly since the pandemic. What else is different about your platform? And how does it stand out from the rest?
1: Um, that's a good point. I mean, I'll be honest, there's also other platforms who are building some kind of recommendation engines, you know, so ours just has to be better, we just keep on working on it. <laughs> but then on the other side, I think for us, uh, especially the kind of market that we are in, um, you know, the upper mid market and the enterprise, uh, compliance, security, privacy are very, very important mm-hmm. for my customers. Uh, again, a small example, with the United Nations, they had, we have we have given them the ability to have 2,500 different attendee types and be able to lock and unlock parts of the experience based upon the attendee type. Yeah, uh, You know, that is, nobody can do that in the whole world. You know, it's something, that's the reason why they chose us. You know, that's one of the reasons why they chose us because uh, our system you can easily configure an attendee type and then give them very very um you know micro permissions for pretty much every page and every section of the page kind of thing um and that helps first of all to create an experience that you know is you know very uh, prescriptive in some cases for an attendee type because you had we had like presidents of state in there and also like activists from greenpeace mm-hmm. in there you know so like sometimes they should not be signing the same document, yeah. and or like it's a it's the climate treaty for the country, and only certain people can go into that room and have be part of those conversations, so that somebody just kind of doesn't walk in and just you know impersonate someone, and suddenly you know your country you signed up for something you don't know. Mm. So the point is, it's just that security uh, and that compliance and the ability to have this whole very very sophisticated web of permissions. Is something that I think is our the crown in our sorry the, the feather in our crown kind of thing, you know. And uh, that has been one of the key reasons why a lot of our customers um, want to work with us is our focus on these um, you know scenarios which are very important uh, to their um, you know business. Um, you know we also do the one size fits all, which a lot of our competitors do. Everybody's in the same room doing the same thing. We have those experiences as well if that's what is needed. For example, for the keynote, everybody needs to be there. Thousands of people, Mm -hmm. all good. But then they might want to go into breakouts after that. But there's only very specific people who are invited because of their permission levels. And the other people don't even need to see that those things exist because Mm. they're not supposed to be part of that. You know, so it's just, um, you know, curated experiences, exclusive experiences, and the ability to make sure that privacy and security and compliance are always prime, um, you know, and and nobody... um, like, for example, GDPR in the EU and everything mm-hmm. else, right? I mean, there's a lot of new laws that are very important to be followed. Um, and our customers come from all over the world, with attendees from all over the world. So I, it's it's very, very important for us that, um, you know, we follow all and are compliant with all those policies.
0: Yeah. It sounds to me like Social 27 has, has come a really long way already in quite a short time. But what's next? What are the plans for the future? And you, especially now that we're going back to not always face-to-face events, but maybe hybrid events where part of it's face-to-face and part of it's online. How is all that working?
1: Absolutely. So again, when we you know uh we're uh, building the latest version of our platform in 2019 there wasn't anything so-called virtual events it was all hybrid in mind so we've kind of built everything from that uh, you know that sense mm. uh but for us yes absolutely um hybrid is is the name of the game uh, at least for the second part of this calendar year pretty much all of our customers are planning on doing hybrid events uh, you know and so for us it's it's more about how can i take the same experience the recommendations and all of that stuff, and and have it also be available in the in-person scenario. So imagine an environment where you go in pre-event, um, you have your hundred or two hundred level, you know, content already available, so that you've got a really good sense of the, the, you know, of the knowledge uh, that you're supposed to gain for that particular topic mm-hmm. area. Uh, you you know already done some of those intro things, and then most importantly, you've already been introduced to relevant people, you've got made those connections, you've already gone to some of those virtual booths and see some demos and all that. So that when you come in person, all that intro stuff is done. Intro yeah. to the content, intro to the people, intro to the you know solutions in the expo hall. So when you come there, you already know who you're supposed to talk to. You already have your meetings set up. You're not bumping into people and trying to like figure out if they're relevant or not. I mean, you could still do that if you want to, like just for fun, but like the relevance and the importance of your time. Yeah. Um, so you're spending, you know, less time in person, um, uh, but doing everything that you find value in, um, you know, that's the goal. And for example, you know, we have an app that we are building as part of our in-person experience where, you know, we are, uh, layering in, uh, augmented reality onto that. So, you know, imagine it's called the radar, you know, where you just like, you know, when you're standing, you could be like, mm-hmm. okay, in my you know, 60 feet radius, 50 feet radius, whatever, like who are the people the system recommends to me? Yeah. And, you know, it could tell you like, well, you got these 10 people, you know, very close to you and here's their profiles, click, and then send them a quick message saying, hey, I'm in the vicinity, do you wanna maybe catch a coffee or something? (laughs) You know, so it's things like that, you know, so location of their experiences um, and most importantly, giving you the best use of your time when you're at the event Mm -hmm. and then post event to be able to follow up on the things that you missed on
0: yeah it sounds like it's just going to make attendance at conferences and events and so on just so much more efficient and allow you to get the best value from the time that you spend there
1: at least that's the goal um you know we just want our customers to get on board because sometimes they're like oh that sounds really cool maybe next time today Mm -hmm. just let's just get the content out we see five sessions on a page i'm like okay sure you know so it's just um no i mean i'm just joking i think Mm -hmm. a lot of our customers are certainly very much uh, looking forward to, I think, 2022 is certainly the year of engagement. I think 2020 and 2021 was more about let's just get the content out yeah. there because people are still figuring out what this new world looks yes, like. Yeah. And I think this year is all about, okay, content is easy now. How do I make the people connect and have amazing experiences? So that, I think, is the main focus for our industry at least. And a lot of our customers are very much on board with that. And we are here to help them do that.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for your time, Ike. Just finally, if people want to find out more about either you or Social 27, how can they find you?
1: Uh, I think LinkedIn is great. Uh, You know, we are on social27.com, but hey, we're also on LinkedIn at Social 27 and I am on, you know, LinkedIn, Ike, Kehal, Social 27. So yeah, I guess that's the best ways to uh, link to us.
0: Brilliant. Thank you very much and the best of luck with Social 27 going forward.
1: Thank you so much, Liz. This was absolutely a pleasure. I'm looking forward to connecting again. Yeah, take care.
0: Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.